What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Cold Pizza Podcast. My name is Bailey. I am the owner of Horsepower and Pizza, the brand that puts this podcast on. We took a week off last week with the show, but the weekend before that, we had a great time out at City Island in Harrisburg at Junk Styles Junk Food Meet. Becker and the gang over at Junk Styles put on yet another phenomenal show. It was great to see a lot of you guys. It was great to meet some new listeners of the show and people that watch our videos. I dropped the new Vibe Check crew neck sweatshirts at the show and they sold very well. However, it was 70 degrees out too. So there are some still on the website. If you would like to support, you don't have to, but if you would like to, head over to www.horsepowerandpizza.com. You can find us on all platforms at Horsepower Pizza or on Instagram at Cold Pizza Podcast. Today's show is a little bit different, a little bit out of my comfort zone, which is good. You're supposed to get out of your comfort zone. Booker approached me a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, I really enjoy doing the podcast, but I don't think the people that listen to the podcast really know Bailey as well as they could know Bailey. Booker said, so I think I should interview you. And I said, ah, sure, okay, we'll go with this. I was pretty nervous going into it, I'm not going to lie. I like to talk to people and learn from people and sometimes relate some of my own experiences to the things that they say, but I'm not real keen on talking just about myself. Overall, the show went very well. If you could do me a huge favor, if you like it, if you don't mind sharing it or sending it to a friend, we do no paid promotion on this show, and all of the growth is organic and by word of mouth. So if you would like to share, I appreciate that. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. I like my piece of cold and my women colder. Yeah. She too stubborn or I would have told her. And every time I'm with my buddies, yeah, we never sober. Wake up feeling 10 years older. It's the Cold Pizza Podcast. We're going to start there. Okay, so I was not... I, I just need to vent this to somebody. I don't know because one of my favorite comedians is Lewis Black. And I think it's on... I forget which special it was. It was live recorded in Wisconsin. But he tells something... Some story about he's in an airport and somebody says something dumb. They said something like... If it wasn't for my horse, I never would have spent that year in college. And he looks around for his friends to be like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, can you believe what that idiot just said? And he turns around and his friends are nowhere to be found. So he's like, okay, well now I'm going to have a brain aneurysm and die trying to process what this woman just said, right? That being said... Robbinsville, North Carolina, Ingalls Grocery Store. We were getting mayonnaise off of the shelf... And I said, I just think it's crazy, like, how many preservatives and shit there are in mayonnaise that it does not need to be refrigerated until after it's opened. And Antonio and everybody looks at me, because I said, all it is is oil and eggs. And this woman walks past, she's walking past, like, going up to the register to check out. She's on the phone, stops her phone call and goes, there's not dairy in mayonnaise because i'm lactose intolerant and i eat mayonnaise all the time i would know gets back on the phone and keeps walking now one she walked away before i could tell her how fucking stupid she was and i that's my biggest regret in life at this point just because eggs are sold in the cold section of the um grocery store does not mean they are a dairy product Where on the cow does the egg come from, Booker? Because I would love to fucking know. 
But this is... Okay, so here's your life lesson. I'm not going to put it at the end of the podcast. I'll put it at the beginning this week. The life lesson is, one, eggs come from chickens, and chickens are not a dairy animal. For those of you that did not grow up in fucking farmland USA like Booker and I did. And life lesson number two is mind your own fucking business and your own conversations when you're in a public atmosphere. So... Okay, Booker, go ahead. I'm that's that's my fucking soapbox rant for the day. I'm done. Well, this is Booker from Horsepower and Pizza. Welcome back to the Cold Pizza Podcast. Uh, we're doing something a little different today. I, Booker, will be interviewing Bailey. Uh, I thought this would be kind of a, a cool twist on things. He's been doing a lot of really cool interviews lately, and um, I feel like there's quite a few of you that know Bailey, and there's quite a few of you that don't. So I figured uh, I'd put a couple questions together here, and we could do a little interview on Bailey. A couple? This bro has a fucking legal pad full of questions, and uh, yeah, I'm scared. You should be. Okay, well, Well, we're going to start from the beginning. Bailey, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. Uh, Kind of from the time you were hatched out of that egg to... uh, High school, I guess, or through high school. Okay. Um, Well, I'm Bailey Shank. I am the owner of Horsepower and Pizza, which is the organization. What is it? It's a company organization. It's a brand. It's a brand. (laughs) It's a brand that puts on this podcast, as well as other various media things. TikTok is our biggest one right now. Um, YouTube died off a little bit. I don't want to say too much because I'm sure Booker has other questions that I can answer all through this one. However, I grew up in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Like I said during my rant at the beginning, it is Farmland USA. Um, High school football and the Mannheim Auto Auction are the two big things that Mannheim is known for. Um, A lot of you are probably familiar with Hershey, as in the candy company, the chocolate company. Hershey, Pennsylvania is about 25 minutes from us. I don't even tell people I'm from Mannheim. Like when I lived in Pittsburgh, nobody knows that I'm from Mannheim. Everybody asks, oh, where are you from? I'm from Hershey. Because if I say Mannheim, they go, oh, well, where's that? If I say Hershey, they go, oh, like the chocolate factory. Yeah. It's easier. I grew up in Mannheim. Um, my parents are from two of the other surrounding towns somehow ended up here, which is, it's not a bad place to live. I wouldn't have come back if it was as terrible as I thought it was growing up. I'm an only child. I don't know how many of you actually know me. So I'm an only child, grew up playing sports for the most part, I guess. I was never like a multi-sport athlete. It was always like one at a time. So I started out playing t-ball I played basketball briefly, um, never did anything with soccer, then I played football for a couple years, I always played the flag football league in the spring that, like, the athletic association put on, that was always a lot of fun, never really great with organized sports, my grandfather was a mechanic, my dad was restoring a 68 Camaro as I was growing up, so I spent a lot of time in various shops and garages, And I think that's where all of the motorsports stuff stemmed from. Um, My cousin had a dirt bike. I very quickly took interest in dirt bikes and motocross. And um, 
it's crazy to think about, but that's where all of this started. Like, I started racing dirt bikes in late middle school, I guess. Did that for a couple years until I just... I didn't have the money to race dirt bikes and put myself through college starting my senior year of high school. So I had to choose one or the other. Dirt bikes were not going to work out as a career opportunity. So, and it was never on the radar for that to be the case. So it wasn't a hard decision to make. I'm a machinist, CNC programmer. So I work in precision manufacturing and engines, anything mechanical really interests me. Um, mechanical engineering, all of that stuff really interests me. So I think having the motorsports background kind of helped facilitate that. And it's just kind of escalated from dirt bikes to cars. And I've just always had an interest in video production and editing and all of that. So I think the media things just kind of came naturally alongside it. You talked a little bit about your motorsports background. Being that you have so many interests, when did you really choose your profession and how did you go about choosing it? I'm going to be 100% candid about this. I had a shitty high school experience and I hope any of you younger guys listening, I hope that's not the case for you, but that was my reality is because I, I don't know, I, I can look back now and say that I was definitely a bit of an asshole and like we were talking before I said, I can be cocky at times, come off as cocky at times. And I definitely did when I was younger. That kind of put a target on my back as far as like I, I looking back, I definitely did it to myself. I can't play victim to it now, but I definitely was an asshole to other people. And then it came back and bit me in the ass. Therefore, I had a shitty high school experience. And our local Votech program had taken the machine shop out of the Votech. I didn't want to go for welding, so I started looking into going to Thaddeus Stevens, which is the local, um, it's where I ended up going to school. It is the local trade school in Lancaster City, and I went in and I toured the machine shop. I knew nothing about machining, nothing about, like, we had a CNC wood shop at Mannheim Central, which was cool. Yeah. That was, like, my first experience as far as anything automated that cut any amount of material, and I was like, oh, this is pretty neat. I didn't know what I was getting myself into getting into the trade. Then I went in and toured Thaddeus Stevens and the second year professor in there is actually a graduate of Mannheim Central. And he was like, well, you know, you can come here for your senior year of high school and it'll count for all of your, it'll count for your freshman year of college, which it's a two year program. It's an associates program. It'll be half price for your freshman year. And then you only have one year of college outside of high school. So I ended up graduating high school in what year did we graduate? 14. Graduated high school in 14 and I graduated college in 15. You brought up, how did I choose that? How did I know I was going to do it? Okay. Well, they kind of bullshit us. I'm not going to lie. They said, Oh, you're going to make a hundred grand a year, two, three years out of school. I was like, well, fuck, sign me up. And then they're like, well, you can go for your senior year and you don't have to go to high school for your senior year. And I was like, where the where do I sign? Well, <laughs> sign me up now. Yeah. Fucking take the pen. Every I don't care. I'm not going to another year of high school. So that's what I did. Turns out that I really like it. I really enjoy it. I like to think that I'm halfway decent at it because I've kind of worked my way into a management role where I'm at now. And I've been in the field 
nine years, which sounds like a long time to work your way into management, but this is the fourth shop I've worked in and I've done everything there is to do. I've done defense work. I've done production work on little hardware. Like I'm not going to throw the company's name out here, but they make a tapered keyless bushing. So like instead of milling a keyway on a shaft, it's a way to connect a hub to a shaft without keys and keyways for any of you that are mechanically inclined making a thousand of those in a night will drive anybody fucking insane and production work i salute you guys that do it every fucking day i did it for a year and a half and i was like nope i'm gonna go do defense work so i did that for i did defense work for a little over a year then i moved to pittsburgh for just over four years i guess and then i got super lucky with my timing and moved back here to take another job opportunity right before COVID shut the whole world down. And luckily I worked the whole way through COVID and yeah, I got super lucky as far as that went. Yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I like the people that I work with. I like the work that we do. Don't really have any complaints because I initially said I was going to go back to school for mechanical engineering. And then I realized like how much math that involved and like where the money's at, what I make now versus what I would make as an engineer plus that school debt did not make sense. Yeah. So Fair enough. that's how I made that choice. So what do you think made you push to be an entrepreneur? Um, you have that mentality. I mean, if you listen to the previous couple <coughs> of podcasts, especially the, the G8 episode, uh, it really came to fruition. Your, your passion for being an entrepreneur, obviously you started horsepower and pizza and everything. What kind of, made you push to be an entrepreneur or when did you realize that was a, a really strong direction for you to go in? I really don't like doing the same things every day. And that's why I like the field that I'm in because it's a lot of change. It keeps everything fresh and everything new. I would say that I have an issue with authority, which you smirked. I saw you smirk. No. <clears throat> I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being asked to jump and be expected to say how high. I've always been one to kind of play by my own rules, not necessarily break the rules, but if there's a loophole, I'm going to find a way to exploit it. And that makes me laugh because <laughs> your your last question was, how did you decide this is what you were going to do? Yeah. I initially thought I was going to be an attorney. Every bit of me wanted to go to business school and then go to law school. And just the way things shook out and the way things went in my teenage years, I really lost interest in school. So I ended up opting to go the trade school route. And I, yeah. again, no regrets. But there's definitely been times recently where... I've dealt with attorneys, not for anything bad, like for setting up LLCs and stuff. And like, I, I start asking questions and they're like, did you, do you have any like law experience? And I'm like, no, I just, I really pay attention. I'm and I, I, yeah. I'm very curious. I don't like relying on anybody either. Yeah. I want to put everything it. I don't know. It's a control thing. I need to be <laughs> in control of my own income. I need to be in control of my own choices, my own schedule if I decide that I want to get up and make breakfast and come in to the office or the shop or whatever two hours later than normal, I want to do that. If I want to come in at nine instead of seven, I'm going to come in at nine. Oh, okay, so now I got to work later into my evening. 
that's fine. You can't do it alone. And I recognize that you can't do it alone. You got to be able to delegate here, there, and everywhere. And that's right. something that I'm learning now in this management role that I've worked my way into at my day job. However, while you can't do it alone, there are a lot of things that I get a lot more done if I'm left to work by myself. And it's not that I can't work with other people. It's a focus thing with me that I can juggle 12 different tasks, but don't come in here asking me stupid questions about, hey, can you help me find X, Y, or Z? Yeah, I can help you find that, but now I just dropped eight of the 12 tasks that I'm juggling, whereas I had music on, we're in here bumping to Young Dolph and <laughs> slanging sweatshirts, and yeah. I don't know, there's, there's a lot of appeals to it. Now there's a lot of downsides, too. You can't have an off day. As much as everybody says, oh, well, I want to be self-employed so I can take a two-week vacation in the middle of the summer and do... You got to make sure your business is at the point that you can do that. Yeah. And that you have people that can keep your business running if you're not there. And that's where a lot of people struggle. They're after the time, money, and freedom. And I see it a lot more with contractor type jobs than I see like my field. Because when I was selling my house in Pittsburgh, bro, to get a hold of a fucking painter was like pulling teeth. We called 16 different painters. Me and Sam, my realtor, called 16 different painters. All I wanted was a fucking quote. All I needed was a quote yeah. to get somebody out to fucking come quote what it was going to cost to paint the outside of my house. We called 16 painters. One of them called us back and he texted me a quote and I said, okay, how do you want to proceed? Like, I'll give you a deposit. What do you want to do? Never text me back. These contractor guys, a lot of them will only work when they need money, right. which is, I've never been in a field like that. So I don't understand that side of it. And I can't sit around. I can't, I don't know how to fucking vacation. Yeah. And it's, it sounds toxic. I don't know how to sit down and vacation. By the second, third day of vacation, I'm like, fuck this. Let me go back to work. Every year, there's ups and downs to everything. And I recognize that. But I also don't want to go work for somebody for 40 years. Okay, you get a dollar raise or a 50 cent, 75 cent raise every year. You get two weeks off. You get three sick days, and at the end of it, okay, well, now now you have, okay, maybe if you planned your retirement right, now you got money in retirement, and now you get to spend the next 20 years of your life. My family, my mom specifically, likes to relate everything in my life to my grandfather, who passed when I was nine. I don't fucking remember anything from when I was nine, so I don't know why she tries to relate shit in my life to... And I understand that's her father. I was very close with him, but bro, I'm 27 now. That's 18 years ago. I don't remember a whole lot, which kind of sucks but that man said oh i'm not retiring i'm not retiring i'm not retiring everybody i went to high school with they retired six months later they died he finally fucking retired finally fucking retired died six months later seven months later so like you work and the man worked his fucking ass off his entire life yeah you work your fucking ass off and you might live seven months at the end of it fuck that i'd rather kill myself working my ass off and retire at 35 or 40. Yeah. And retirement to me is not, like I said, I can't fucking vacation. You think I'm going to retire at 35 and sit on my ass? Fuck that. Stay moving, but not work. Well, no, not even (laughs) like 
Retirement to me is, fuck it, I still own a company and I go in and do shit two, three days a week, but as yeah. long as everybody else is still getting fucking paid on Friday and the bills are getting paid and the checks are still coming in, fucking business as usual. I'll come out of fucking retirement if I have to figure something else out, but yeah. now I'm just on a fucking rant because I'm <laughs> pissed off and hungry. I'm trying to keep this in order, so I'm going to try and my questions accordingly so i apologize if it seems to jump around i don't mean for it to why did you start horsepower and pizza obviously with your interest in entrepreneurship it seems fitting but you're also in a completely different field that's semi-related so how did you go about like what made you form horsepower and pizza you're gonna love this i was broke as a motherfucker as we all were in college and there was a little caesar's about three blocks from Thaddeus Stevens. We ate Little Caesars, fuck, three or four days a week, easy, <laughs> unless the fucking cafe on campus was serving chicken parm. <laughs> so we would go to this Little Caesars, like what, four or five blocks from campus, and they did like a $5 lunch combo. It was like a 20 ounce soda and like a four square deep dish pizza for five bucks. Yeah. Anybody can afford $20 a week, even if you're on a fucking budget in college. Especially, this was 2014, 2015, 2013, 2014. I was working full time while I was in school. So it, I had money. I was just trying to be smart about it. So yeah, everybody tries to eat cheap in college. Little Caesars, I don't know what deals they run now, but that was my best fucking friend in college. I had my BMW E46 right at the tail end of my freshman year because I bought that right at the tail end of our senior year of high school, which would have been my freshman year. That died like right before Christmas break of my second year. And that's when I bought my BRZ. Yeah. Somebody made the comment about horsepower and pizza. And I don't remember who, and I don't remember what context it was set in, but that stuck in my head. Now, if you look at this nice banner yes. on my wall, you'll see in the Twitter circle, I wrote $1 million off of a burner account. <laughs> I hated my ex's roommate after I moved to Pittsburgh. Yes. She was a royal pain in the ass. And I kind of made a bad rep for myself in fucking high school because I would run my fucking mouth on Twitter. <laughs> Well, I continued to run my mouth on Twitter, but I was smarter this time, so I made a burner account. And it was not initially called Horsepower and Pizza. I don't remember what it was initially called. And then one morning I was like, yeah, this is kind of fucking dumb. Like, I'll just talk shit from my normal account, but I have this other account now. I should post like videography and photography and shit from it. So I changed it to Horsepower and Pizza or at Horsepower Pizza because that and makes it too fucking long for Instagram or one of the two. So I just made them all the same. It's at Horsepower Pizza on every platform. So there's your plug now. I don't know. I was depressed. I was miserable. I didn't move away to go to college for the most part. A lot of my other friends, I, I say a lot of my other friends didn't, mainly because Oliver was still local. Yeah. Mike went to Nashville. Carter went to Florida. You went up to Williamsport. Yeah. So I didn't feel like you were too far away because my ex was from Williamsport. So I'd come up for the weekend and we'd still hang out. Yeah. Yeah. You need to understand, I moved to Pittsburgh. I did not have any friends. Like, I knew my ex, and she was going to school out there, and I knew the kids that I worked with, only because I had started working with them, and that was it. I built my entire friend group out there based off of following people on fucking Instagram. And they make that joke on all these other podcasts, and, like, it's a, it's been a running joke now that all of my friends I met online 
it's only now coming back to like I'm meeting people in person again because all of these motherfuckers I have hundreds of friends in Pittsburgh because I lived there for four four and a half years something like that the key group that I still hang out RJ Blair Chance I, I actually met Sam in person first really yeah Sam introduced himself to me at Cars and Coffee because he had his 235 at the time and I had the 435 I followed RJ on Twitter for like or not Twitter Instagram for like two years before we met because he was he went to duquesne and he was posting all sorts of pittsburgh photography and then he had posted something about country style pizza and i had not yet met rj but i followed him and i was like i need to try this pizza place well i went in there and i met zach come to find out they're all car guys and everything now nolan works for zach social media is a beautiful thing when you figure out how to use it for the right reasons and in the right ways right but I can go on a whole fucking tangent rant about how shitty social media can be too. No, I I started Horsepower and Pizza because I was bored and depressed. Oh, fuck it. We'll post car pictures and shit. And then I think the video thing kind of came second. I met TJ Hunt in 2016, right after I got rid of my BRZ. Okay. And his BRZ was his car that like started to propel him. Yeah. So I was watching a lot of his videos before I got rid of my car. And then I decided I was getting rid of my car. Stupidest fucking decision I've ever made in my life. As far as cars go, a shitty financial decision. Like don't get rid of a car that's almost paid off and very reliable and cheap on gas to get a fucking truck <laughs> that it just didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. And then I think that was the motivation that I finally needed. Cause I was into video production for probably five, six years at that point. Wasn't around motocross anymore. So I wasn't filming any anything anymore yeah and i was like well he's doing this thing on youtube with cars like i think i could probably do that but of course i started filming videos like two years before i bought another fun car and yeah i don't know it's that's how that all started looking forward now that we've kind of talked about the start of it looking forward what are your goals for horsepower and pizza because the brand is not just the youtube anymore it's a podcast it's you're growing a lot on on tiktok and other various forms of media kind of what's what's the game plan what's what's the end goal per se the end goal i don't really think there is an end goal because it's one of those things that it's just going to continue to adapt and change as time goes on and maybe there comes a time when i pass the torch to somebody else and sign everything over to somebody else. i don't know yeah. Um, it's a possibility. I'm not saying that's off the table. This is my baby at this point, but without saying too much, there are, there's one other business that I also own and there's another one that I'm in the middle of trying to acquire. There's a lot going on in life and those horsepower and pizza is the smallest of those incomes. I do not take horsepower and pizza income. I do like, I do not take a stream off of the income yeah. personally. All of the money in Horsepower and Pizza gets funneled right back into Horsepower and Pizza. Everybody's like, oh, well, you built that E36. I built that E36 out of my own fucking pocket. And I have receipts to prove it. Everybody's like, oh, well, you just sell a bunch of hats and then you go build a car. And I'm like, yeah, it's easy like that when you're big on YouTube and you have YouTube checks coming. I don't have fucking money coming in from YouTube. I don't have money coming in from the podcast. All of the merch money goes right back into producing more merch. The only thing that I have bought with merch money that was not merch is that fucking booth setup that I have now 
yeah. in an attempt to get out in front of more people yeah. at shows. And I really enjoy doing the shows thing. I really enjoy doing the merch thing. I'm really enjoying the podcast because it's so easy for us to sit down and have a conversation and it's very minimal editing. Yeah. And I post it and my friends share it and they listen to it when they're at work and they post it on their Instagram stories and their Snapchat stories and whatever else. And then the next thing you know, I have other kids hitting me up like, yo, I didn't know that you knew so-and-so that was on the podcast last week. I'm like, well, I don't know who you are, but like, hey, thanks for listening, man. Like, let me know if there's anything you want to hear. Like, it's a good conversation starter. And I think everybody in today's day and age has a fucking podcast. Anybody with a smartphone can make a YouTube channel. Anybody with a smartphone can do a TikTok channel, podcast. Like, it is limitless what you can do with a phone in your pocket. Like, Whistling Diesel films all of his fucking YouTube videos on iPhones. iPhones. On iPhones. And that's like... People make all these excuses like, well, I don't have a camera, so I can't do this. I don't have this. So no, the most I it came up on Facebook. It was a fucking memory that I was talking shit on Facebook like 10 years ago and it came up and it's this the most successful people don't have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. And I think that's true for a lot of things. Um, sorry, as far as horsepower and pizza, I don't I'm focusing on the podcast and the TikTok right now. The TikTok is mostly metalworking and like fabrication and machining videos because we're working on building the sketchy cart, which I'm sure you have questions on that. So I'm not going to touch on that too much. You smiled. So I'm sure I'm right. I have a lot of questions yet. But it's one of those, I was having this conversation with one of my really good friends the other night about, I either got to be all in or all out on everything that I do. Cause I don't underdo anything and I fucking overdo everything, which is something that Matt and I talked about on his podcast the other week. That's a good episode. Go back and watch or listen to the one with Matt Fiella. It's a phenomenal show and it's really going to blow your mind. Want to do merch and I want to do podcasts and I want to do videos, but I'm such a numbers based guy that if I'm not getting the engagement on one that's the first one that I push out of the way. That's why I haven't posted on YouTube in yeah. all but six months now. Just because the give and take is not there. If I put 20 hours into making a video between filming it, editing it, posting it, and it gets less than 100 views, what the fuck? Matt and I talked about that with all the algorithms and everything, and there's so many talented people that think they fucking suck because they're not getting the views that they think they deserve it's not that your content isn't good it's that the fucking algorithm didn't pick it up tiktok has a different algorithm it's easier to gain traction easier to gain followers and i have really good conversations with a lot of people on tiktok if i can film 10 videos on my phone in the same time that it takes me to film half of a video i really like tiktok i i plan to continue to push the tiktok thing and continue to do podcasts i'm trying to do one every week if i get one every other week i'm happy and we're really gonna stick to that this fall and winter because we said we were doing that last year and we kind of yeah lost traction after a couple weeks but i think we're rolling pretty good now i don't know man i just want to continue to build cars and make content on it and i do it more so for myself because my memory is not great like even shit that we've done in the last two years i'll sit down and start watching through my old videos and i'm like fuck i completely forgot that we did this or like i completely forgot we had this issue with the e36 or like time flies and the amount of stuff that we do you do it's yeah it's just i like to be able to look back i'd like if i end up having kids someday i'd love to be like yeah well this is what your dad did in his 20s yeah Like, I don't know, there's, I was telling Matt on the 
podcast the other week, like there's a big chunk of like our high school years that I do not remember. And it sucks, but it's like, I want to be able to look back 10, 20 years from now and be like, Booker and I built that fucking car in the middle of COVID in my drive or in my driveway and in my garage. Yep. On a budget. Pushed it in with that stupid Subaru you had. Oh, that fucking Subaru, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want to I wanna be able to, or even nieces, nephews, whatever, like, yeah. this is what Uncle Jordy did <laughs> back in 2020. Before the ludes. Back, back before the ludes took over and he lost all bodily function. Fuck him. <laughs> kind of tying it, well, first of all, am I allowed to ask this? Yeah, you can ask that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I introduced myself as the owner of that on a couple podcasts. Yeah. So you introduced yourself as the owner of Pizza Boy Metalworks, and you kind of alluded to a little bit of that in answering the last question. What's your plan for Pizza Boy Metalworks? We talked about the plan for Horsepower and Pizza, never really aiming for you know one specific point to reach, kind of... Is it the same way with Pizza Boy Metalworks? Is it a little different, being that it's a, it's a totally different business kind of where do you see that heading i see that doing better than horsepower and pizza in my head um pizza Pizza boy metalworks is a my slogan is billet motorsports solutions anything you can think of aluminum titanium aluminum and titanium stick out most in my head i'm trying to get an anodizing setup as well so it's going to be billet motorsports solutions and anodizing okay anodizing is a wild process for any of you that are not into metal you can take aluminum like you control the oxidization of it Mm -hmm. and then you dye it and then you boil it to set the dye in the aluminum and you can change it any color you want titanium's different because it's based on how much current you feed it is what color it changes Uh, okay so you can change it to i without the spectrum in front of me and what voltage is what so don't quote me if i tell you fucking colors are out of order here (laughs) but if you stick a piece of titanium in and you feed it 30 volts, and it turns orange, okay, well, you can't go back. Like, if you go to feed it 20, it's not going to do anything. But if you turn it up to 50 and touch it, now it'll change from that orange to whatever the darker color is. Yeah. I don't know. It's something I've never done, but it's always interested me. Yeah. Because I toured a shop that did large-scale anodizing when I was first getting into the field, and I was like, that's something that really interests me. And now I'm at the point where I'm like... Fuck it. I'll throw money at that and see what works. It's all based on how big you want to go. It's scalable. You can do it in a fucking five gallon bucket in your garage or you can get a fish tank or a fish tank's a bad analogy, a large tank of some sort and do it that way. Yeah. And I don't ever plan on getting into fucking big ass parts, but I don't plan to do a lot of the shit that I end up doing. But no, I... For my 26th birthday, I bought myself a Haas CNC mill and a 4th and 5th axis indexer. They are currently sitting in my garage because I had the power company here and an electrician here to try to figure out about wiring them into my shop. And then I realized I was going to have to deal with the local government, like the, the borough authority. And, and you don't uh, like authority. Again, I don't, I don't like authority. So I was like, huh, this fucking sucks. Like, it's going to cost me another eight or $10,000 to wire this motherfucker into my shop. And that's before I end up having to deal with 
the borough authority because one of my neighbors calls and tells them that I'm trying to run a fucking business out of my garage or some dumb shit like that. I think the grocery store story at the beginning of this was more of a life lesson for my neighbors than anybody listening, but <laughs> just mind your own fucking business and don't worry about what I'm doing, guy. Yeah, so that's that's getting moved elsewhere. That's all I'll say on that part, but the machine is getting moved elsewhere, but I plan on doing it fucking anything i i plan on getting jumping right into it and fucking maybe not right away jumping in and trying to compete in the industry but there's there's at least one company on my mind and it's not the company that i bought the machine from i will never in my life will i try to fucking compete with him because he's been so good to me and he i consider him a good friend but there's a company on my mind that makes aftermarket parts for various tuner cars and their customer service has kind of left a really fucking bad taste in my mouth over the last two years or so and i'm like huh even if i make the same fucking products that you make change them up obviously so you're not going to come after me for fucking trademark and copyright and whatever else even if i make the same shit and jump into the same market I know how much I value customer service. I think my customer service would be better than yours, and I could... I'm I'm not coming, like, for his throat to take him out of the fucking... There's money to be had, and I want some of that money, (laughs) is all I'm gonna say. I'm very confident in my abilities as a machinist, a programmer. I can hire somebody for marketing. I can hire somebody for fucking order fulfillment. Like, it's... These are the things that I'm learning to delegate, is focus on your strengths but understand your weaknesses. Find somebody to fill your fucking weaknesses so you can double down on your strengths. I want nothing more than to hire Nolan and put his ass in front of fucking machines and be like, (laughs) here, make 30 of these and 60 of these and we'll go get lunch when you're done. I want nothing more than to get my fucking homies paid and fed and I don't know, we'll figure that out when we get there. But Pizza Boy Metalworks is not going anywhere anytime soon. Whether that's not going anywhere positive or not going anywhere negative. It's staying somewhere. We still out here. Fair enough. So my next question, not to sound redundant. um, My next question, I had written it down. What is your goal professionally? Now, to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. Ha, 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 ha. Well, it's so we kind of talked about. I don't know if you want to call them side hustles, but you're. Not your everyday eight to five, nine to five job. We talked about your side jobs, aka this the other businesses that you own. No, right? Because I still have a day job. Right. I still, I am still a W two employee for another company. Correct. So, as an employee, as a professional in the industry, what's your goal? What's your again? What is your end goal? Where do you want to take yourself in your career? I want to be full time self employed. Whether that's in one thing or 10 things, that's fine. I know it's never going to be just one thing. I want to get into real estate, be it commercial, be it residential. I just, I want to own shit. Yeah. Assets, um, cash flowing assets more specifically. Pizza Boy, Metalworks, like I said, whether I'm on the floor running machines or in a back room packing orders or in an office answering phone calls and emails, like Joe Labruza talked on because he's a serial entrepreneur and he's he's in a business where there's order fulfillment there's customer service there's whatever i end up in i know i'm gonna be wearing fucking eight different hats or or do that yeah but but if it comes to a point like i said earlier where it's 
I'm 35, I got money in the bank, I got a family to take care of, or other things to focus on, bigger priorities. At this point in my life, my career is my biggest fucking priority, because I don't really have anything else. That's... While I was depressed when I came up with Horsepower and Pizza, it's also been a big... Blessing? Blessing, because it's given me purpose. Yeah. Whether that purpose... Might be a fucking bullshit purpose of i feel like i i feel obligated to make a video or i feel obligated but it gave me something to fucking do and like i said it could get to the point where cool i own pizza boy metalworks it's fucking you and nolan and everybody else and i hope that's not the case i hope if i'm going to the fucking top and i'm gonna be retired early i'm hoping all of my closest friends are also right there with me because That's kind of what I want for everybody. And if that's not what everybody wants for themselves, that's fine. That's personal preference. Maybe I get to the point where real estate's paying the bills and I just make fucking car parts for shits and giggles and sell them on the internet. Maybe fucking YouTube's algorithm comes back around and my videos take traction and then I go do the full the fucking full-time YouTube thing for three years and say, fuck this, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't really see that happening. YouTube's fucking dead. It's hard to say what TikTok's gonna do. I enjoy making videos, whether or not I get paid for them. At this point in my life, I don't care, but I also, I don't know that I would ever rely on that as full-time income. Yeah. Because it's so inconsistent. Unless you're to, like, the Adam LZ, TJ Hunt scale where you're putting out several videos a week... You are making you a lot of money. Your friends are working for you, selling your or packing orders for your merch, and like your girlfriend's running the office. Like, okay, cool. That's cool. I think we're beyond that YouTube bubble, unfortunately. Um, At one point in my life, it was a huge dream to turn this whole horsepower and pizza media thing into full-time income full-time job i don't see that happening um i'm just being realistic i'm not being pessimistic about it it like i said fucking everything could do a 180 and we could go right back to 2014 2016 2017 when it was easy to grow on youtube maybe maybe not i see people around me who are very successful at what they do in various fields real estate business trades being owners of companies and such None of them made any fucking YouTube money and they're doing fine. You know what I'm saying? I think it's... Professionally, I just want to be able to... I'll I'll sum it up in short. Professionally, I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want, and be able to afford it. Like, I I don't need... As much as I, I have a car in mind that I want, yeah, it'd be great to have a garage twice the size of the one that I have or eight times the size of the one that I have. Yeah. I don't fucking need it, and I understand that. And it's one of those things where I have cars in mind, everybody has cars in mind, and I'm going to leave that out of here because, A, it's either one of your next questions, or B, it's the other podcast that you want to do. Is it something that I want? Yes. Is it something that's going to kill me if I don't get? No. Am I going to end up with it one day? Absolutely. But... I don't need a Ferrari, a Lambo, a Porsche, a McLaren. I don't need a million and a half dollars worth of fucking cars to have a good time. I think I've proved that with my $350 E36 that I have like fucking 10 grand sank into. 
I don't need a million and a half dollars worth of supercars. I don't need to spend money to prove that I fucking have it either. That's the other thing that I hate on social media is, oh, look, I bought this Rolex or, oh, look, I bought this pair of shoes or this pair of shoes. Listen, motherfucker, I am not spending $400 on a pair of sneakers just to prove to you that I have $400 to spend. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was a bit more of a rant than you asked for, but I I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want and take care of my family. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> Bailey, kind of changing gears. What are you currently working on or trying to improve or change about yourself? I know like in the <clears throat> past we've talked we you and I've had no, numerous discussions on on caffeine or alcohol intake and different things like that. You're so, really going to do me like this uh, right now. Well, I'm just asking. Oh. I'm asking what the people want to know. Okay. <clears throat> I've said it on various podcasts recently, and it's not a secret among any of my friends. I quit drinking. I'm trying to think when I quit drinking. 16 or 17? 17 or 18. Oh, yep. <laughs> so it's like four years... I did have one beer at Nolan's 21st birthday party because Nolan's mom kind of guilted me into drinking with Nolan on his 21st. That being said, I took two sips of it and I was trying to juggle my beer in my hand and or my beer in my phone in one hand and I fucking dropped the beer and shattered the glass and it was just a whole fucking nightmare. Um, I cut alcohol out of my life. Not because I felt like I had a drinking problem, but because I was having really bad anxiety issues, which were then turning into really bad depression issues. And I'm not talking like, oh, I think I'm going to kill myself. I'm talking like, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning and go to work. Not because I was hungover, but because I had drank like four days prior and now I'm just thinking about everything negative that could possibly happen to me. Um, I've never been one to be like, like when I say I was depressed with horsepower and pizza, it's like a, I'm stuck in a new area of the state, new area to me of the state. And I don't know anybody. So like now I'm bored and lonely. It was never like a, oh my God, I think I need help because I feel like I'm going to harm myself or someone else. Um, that was never the case, thankfully. And if you need help, get help, please. I thought best first case of action would be to cut alcohol out and see what that did for me. Got to give huge shout out and huge credit to Alex Lafferty. Um, very good friend of mine and he does all of the design work for horsepower and pizza. He's a very talented graphic designer. He and his wife, both, um, Chelsea is an art teacher and very talented artist. She actually, the tattoo that I got yesterday, that's one of her original designs. It's a slice of pizza that's also a skull for those of you that are listening. Alex is straight edge. Alex does not drink. Alex does not smoke. Alex does not use any controlled substance of any kind. And I was friends with Alex for a while before I knew that. Like, because we all go out to breweries as groups and shit like that, or restaurants where, like, Southern Tier on the North Shore of Pittsburgh is the interaction with Alex that sticks out in my mind because I noticed that he was not drinking and I was also not drinking so I went over and sat with him. I was like, you good? And he's like, yeah, I just don't drink. I was like, huh. And then like with having a couple conversations with him, I was like, I mean, I got friends that don't drink. I don't need to fucking drink. And a lot of my friends from Pittsburgh do drink like fish actually. And, um, (laughs) 
it's funny that I use the like fish analogy because you'll tell Chance to drink water and Chance goes, I don't drink water. Fish fuck in it. Um, <laughs> but he'll also tell you that alcohol is poison and then take a huge fucking sip of beer. So um, there's nothing wrong with drinking. It's just not for me. Shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with anything in moderation as long as your personality can handle it. I know some people that can get one drink in them and I want to lay them flat on their fucking back with my fist somewhere in the general vicinity of their teeth just because they turn into fucking assholes when they drink. And those people should not drink. I will still enjoy a cigar from time to time with RJ or on the golf course or whatever, but no, I don't feel the need to drink. All of my friends that do drink in my Pittsburgh friend group were very supportive of my choice to stop drinking, which made it a lot easier because they were the kids that I would drink with. And when I say drink, I'm not talking like getting fucking belligerently drunk every night. I'm talking like come home from work, have a beer or two or three, depending if I was mowing the grass or something. Yeah, I'd have two beers while I mowed the grass. It was a push mower, so it's not like I was going to get a DUI going down the street or anything like that. Like, it wasn't a big deal. It's the same push mower that I almost killed you with, which is a story for another podcast. That is a story for another um, podcast. That was also an alcohol-induced night. (laughs) That was the night that we we bedlined the truck. Anyway, so in a couple podcasts from now, maybe. Okay. There was a good period. There was probably what six months where I cut all caffeine out too, because I was super anxious. Because I thought you had cut out. Because for a while you were a big Red Bull guy. Well, that's 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 why I said, "Oh fuck, you're gonna do me like this right now." When I turned 27 this past summer, I said, "Fuck it, I'm done with Red Bull. Not gonna drop any names. I know he's listening." One of our friends' fathers had a massive heart attack a couple weeks. About two months ago, I'd say. Three months ago, maybe. Massive heart attack. Could have died. Would have died had he not gone across the street and rang the neighbor's doorbell. And the neighbor's a firefighter. He performed CPR and shit until the ambulance got there. Had a blockage in his heart and took C4 fucking pre-workout. And, like, game, set, match. Would have killed him had he not went across the street to the neighbor's house. And that was, like, right after I turned 27. But when I turned 27, I said, fuck it, I'm done with Red Bull. It's not that I don't like them from a brand standpoint or, like, a motorsports standpoint. I love their product. Their energy drinks, I think, work as intended. They're not good for you. None of that shit is good for you. And I I said, you're really going to do me like this because I fucking had one today. I've had two Red Bulls since I turned 27. And like I said, in moderation, anything is fine. But they just came out with the winter flavor. And of course, somebody at work gave me one. So I drank it today. I've had Red Bull twice since I've turned 27. I still drink coffee every morning. I drink tea. I'm just really, it's not even about the caffeine. The caffeine was a huge issue with my anxiety at one point when I was having really bad anxiety attacks because I would drink multiple cups of coffee and then I'd have a Red Bull and then I'd have some water and then I'd have another Red Bull and like, You can only pump so many milligrams of caffeine into your body before your body's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to be jittery and anxious all day. So now I'm anxious about shit like I'm 40 minutes away at work. I don't know if I locked the screen door that I opened fucking four days ago. (laughs) So now I have an anxiety attack because I think my back door is 
unlocked. And I have a fucking security system on the house that I can check on my phone. Oh, and we I'm, know. Oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's that same night. That's that same night. <laughs> but it's just... Shit like that is just... You need to know when to say when. They're starting to... Uh, I don't... I think it's been an ongoing thing. I don't think they're starting to do anything. But, like, these energy drinks, they're linking them to heart issues. Well, my fucking family has a history of heart issues. So, like, let's not fucking speed this process up. Like, I don't know. I'm just doing what I can, cutting out what I can, and I don't smoke. I don't drink alcohol. The worst thing I was doing was Red Bull, and it definitely slowed down a lot in the last two years or so, but there was a good portion there where it was, like, every day, and that's not good. What do you know now that you wish you knew at a younger age that would have helped you out? That would have helped me out. Well, um, I mean, well, okay. If you have something that wouldn't have helped you, that's fine too, but, <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> I think we're going to touch back on what I just said with you need to know when to say when. There's a lot of instances with family members or friendships, relationships, things that I should have walked away from that I tried to hold on to for too long. That would have been helpful. Did I stump you? I wish I would have known what Bitcoin was going to do when I was in like ninth or 10th grade because I probably would have bought all of them for fucking $12 a pop and sold them all at 18 grand. Yeah, that's a good one, Booker. Damn. Hell yeah. I, I think we're about halfway. I don't know, I think... <laughs> is this like a what advice would I give to younger me type question? Sure. I, you fucking wrote the question. What do you mean you don't know? I'm not the one that's supposed to answer it. Yeah, but you gotta give me fucking <laughs> guidance on how I'm supposed to answer it. So, like, through all of your life experience, what is something that you have come to know or wisdom that you've gained over the years that you're like, man, you know... When I was younger, I wish I would have known that. That would have saved me so much trouble. I got one. This okay. is great. My cousin Truman, actually, he's like a second cousin, I think. It doesn't matter. He, My cousin Truman is very good with the content creation and media marketing type deal. He's worked for a very big name serial entrepreneur doing content creation. And he's he's traveled all over the country doing it, like... Worked with a lot of big names, um, big name models, big name influencers, whatever. But now he's been doing his own thing, focusing on creating his own content. And he posted something that really stuck with me the other week because I see myself as a perfectionist. Nothing I do is ever good enough unless it is 100% perfect. And part of that is the machinist mindset because if I have, if I have 10 numbers <laughs> that I need to hit on this part, All 10 of those numbers need to show up on the inspection report before it goes out the door. If one's off by a little bit, the whole thing's junk. But I have lived my entire life the last several years. I say the last several, probably the last decade, if not more, trying to do everything perfect. Editing videos, um, writing articles for the website, which I have not done in a long time and I'm trying to get back into. Just everything needs to be 100%. Even, like, something as simple as sending a text message. Like, I will make sure that all of my punctuation and everything is perfect in a text message. Or would appreciate that. (laughs) Shit like that. There are so many people that also struggle with that that want to get into content creation or uh, content creation across the board, be it 
writing, photography, videography, podcasts, whatever. But they start editing their first one or they start doing their first one. No, this isn't good enough. Good enough. If you're a perfectionist, this is what Truman said in his thing. Go for something that's 80% of the way good and send it out there. You can go 90% on the next one. You're never, the perfectionist mindset, you're never going to put yourself at 100%. So stop fucking trying and start creating. And that's the thing that I think I'd be a little further ahead because there's been, there's definitely been videos where we have filmed something and I start to edit it. I'm like, this didn't turn out how I wanted it to. So we just scrapped the whole fucking project. Okay, well maybe if we actually edited it to term and then just put a disclaimer halfway through it or at the end like, hey, this is where things took a turn and it didn't turn out how we expected. We'll have a solution in the next video. But instead I'm like, nope, didn't do it the way that I wanted to, so no video. Yeah, so if you're a perfectionist, stop seeking perfection and find something that's like gonna get you a passing grade and send that shit, which is fucking bizarre that I ever ended up in this mindset because my entire fucking mindset in high school was eh fuck it a B is good enough for me but it's it's very interesting because kind of like you I did not like high school but as soon as I hit college it was like a flip of a switch yep Yep. and I don't know what exactly it was that caused that so do you have any regrets in your life so far again looking back man I had a good one the other day and I can't remember what it was (laughs) Was it serious or was it funny? Yes. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> Couldn't have been that bad. We can come back to that if you need some time to mull it over. Yeah, but I ain't going to be able to think. We'll come back to that one, okay. but I might okay. need some time. Let's kind of take a break from serious. We're going to go through a couple dumb, fun questions for people to get to know you. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Wow. Okay. Let me check that one off. <laughs> what was the first car that you fell in love with? What was like, it could have been when you were a kid, when you were a little bit older. What was the car that you saw and you're like, I love cars? I have two that stick on my mind. Okay. First one is a 99 Honda Civic Si. Okay. I just really love that body style. And I thought that they were like the fastest car in the world when I was young. And now like I went through the phase where I hated Hondas. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, yo, you can make that much power for that little money? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Blob Eye STIs. What okay. was that? 0405? Yeah. There was a guy that lived across the street from us at our first house. <clears throat> Not the last house that we lived, but like my parents' actual first house. Yeah. He owned the local Subaru dealership, which is now Lancaster County Motors Subaru. Yeah. He started it. It used to be Mirig Motors. His name was Henry Mirig. He did, he had Hyundai, Kia, Subaru, all all of them that are now Lancaster County Motors. Yeah. Um, Henry, unfortunately, passed a few years back, but Henry was in his 80s, and he had this Blobby STI that he bought brand new, silver, black wheels, pink pinstripe, coolest fucking car in my book when I was in middle school, high school. Yeah. I don't want to own another fucking subaru as long as i live at this point (laughs) unless it's a brz because i do still miss that car henry before we moved to this house henry would still stop by our next house from time to time just to say hi and he stopped by one sunday gosh i was in ninth grade i think 
he stopped by and he's like, we're like, what's up, Henry? He's like, I'm here to take you for a ride. Because he was probably, <laughs> he, he had taken my dad out in this car. I think my mom rode in that car at one point. I had never ridden in the car and he knew that I loved blah by STIs. So he, hell of a driver. Man was <laughs> probably five foot three, five foot four on oh a God. good day. He was a very small man. Yeah. But the man could fucking drive. Decided we were taking that car. Fuck it. Statue of Limitations is up. I was underage and he's fucking dead now. So it ain't going to matter what I say. <laughs> we went out towards the Lidditz airport or it's Lancaster airport. It's in Lidditz from my house. Cause I didn't live that far from him. Cause we were like right on the border of Mannheim and Lidditz. We went out that way, and you come up the hill past the quarry, and you turn right down the hill onto Millport Road. Well, yep. now that's all fucking developed. There's big-ass houses in there. It's yep. fucking suburban hell. Um, <laughs> it was all farmland when we were growing up, but there's a knob at the bottom of the hill. That STI gets airborne at about 105 over that knob. <laughs> <laughs> and she floats oh man so we land and then you go out it's it's like a straight shot out to the light that's there in front of Stauffer's and then the airport's caddy corner from Stauffer's and if you go straight through that light it's another straight rip until you get to the traffic circle yeah well we went out and ripped that fucking traffic circle and came back I don't think we were fucking gone 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> that's really not that long of a drive. No, but... We were fucking hauling yeah. ass. And... Should have taken longer than... It should have taken longer than 10 minutes, yeah. especially with the multiple traffic lights you gotta yeah. go through. But that's, like, my memory of that car. Like, that's one of my first memories of going pretty fast in a car. Uh, first time I remember going over... 100 mile an hour was in a Mini Cooper S on Lexington Road. (laughs) Literally, like, up past the Christmas tree farm. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) I've done ungodly speeds on that road past that fucking Christmas tree farm. (laughs) And it did not dawn on me until, like, the last time that I did it that I was like, what if a fucking deer steps out from between one of these fucking trees? Sometimes the cops sit in there now. Good to know. Yeah. (laughs) really good to know because i've done like that's a straight rip especially if you're coming up the hill towards lauren's house like oh yeah well lauren's old house i guess because lauren lives with you now but or do you live with lauren how's that work we're still trying to work out the details (laughs) they were roommates i don't know that that was like the first cars and of course they were jdm cars and i don't even own jdm cars at this point but i don't know you killed the last one the last one killed itself. Well, that's fair. So what was your first car? For those of us that don't know. My first car was a <laughs> 1999 Dodge Dakota Sport. <laughs> was it a Sport? I don't remember. It was oh, rear-wheel man. drive. And that motherfucker did nasty burnouts. I thought it was. I just love the story. Can you please tell them the story of the sign in front of the middle school? <laughs> <laughs> That every time I think of that truck, that's all I can do. That think about. poor fucking truck. Okay, so this truck we bought from this little Mennonite guy that literally lives or lived. It, he sold it at auction. He lived two blocks from where I live currently. And it was 
beat to fuck. Like, I'm talking the side of the bed on the passenger side looked like it was fucking T-boned. Like, right behind the... The cab corners were clean until I fucking wrapped it around a pole at the end of my own fucking driveway, which sounds really dumb, but... Okay, so I, I gotta tell that story now to well, yeah. preface. She lived a good life. <laughs> I drove this truck everywhere. Cab was clean. Front fenders had a little bit of rust. Hood had really shitty clear coat and fade issues, but the bed was the only thing that was, like, actually... Like, the bedside was fucked on the passenger side. And it had little dings and dents, and, like, it had been resprayed on the top of the bed where the bed had... Like, the bedsides where they started to fade and then surface rust. Like, yeah. it was not a looker by any means. Was that a V6? It was a V6. Okay. It was a 3.9 Magnum, I think. That truck was $1,700, but I came home one night, and I parked it in the parking lot across the street, across the alley from the shop. Yeah. We were supposed to be going riding the next day. So my dad had the Yukon at the time. It was oh, hooked yeah. up to the it was hooked up to the red enclosed trailer that I had yep. backed into the driveway. Well, it was backed into like the middle of the driveway. So I had to hug the pole at the end of the driveway closer than I normally would so I didn't hit the Yukon. I hugged it a little too tight and I fucked up the cab corner and just made the dent in the bed bigger. And of course, I come in the house and I tell my parents what happened. And my mom's like, were you texting? I was like, mom, I was at the end of the fucking driveway. Like, my phone is not even on me. I don't know where my phone is. Like, no, I was not texting. So, one night, we used to do all sorts of fucking hood rat tomfoolery in high school. And... It was literally every night of the week. If I did not work, we were doing something dumb. Whether it was me and Booker, or me and Booker and Justin, or just me and Justin, or me, Justin, and his cousins. I don't know how oh, we man. didn't ever fucking yeah. die together. because they arrested. We... You know where Danny Keller lived? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the speed limit on that fucking road? 35. Okay. <laughs> I can count multiple times. Again, statute of limitations is up. I don't give a fuck. We did at least 110 past Danny's house in that fucking 335. One I, we came out of the turn. We were coming towards Pleasant View. We came out of the turn oh, and fucking laid into it. In that little Honda? No, it was a fucking... It was it was Justin's aunt's 335XI. It was my first time ever in a fucking N54 car. He came to pick... He's like, yo, do you want to go to Sheets? I was like, yeah, but can we, like, just go to Sheets? Like, can we... I literally... I, I think I deleted the screenshot off of my Instagram at this point. But I said something about, can we just go to Sheets? I'm not in the mood for fuck shit tonight or something like that. <laughs> And literally, like, an hour later, we're doing fucking flybys at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds about um, right. So, the one night I drove, I had the Dakota, and I don't know, where the fuck were we that we ended up in front of the middle school? Because the middle school's, like, four blocks from here. Who were you with? I think Justin was in the truck. Somebody was, whoever was in the truck fell asleep. That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> There's a crosswalk, like, a couple blocks from here between the middle school and the high school. And they have this Pennsylvania state law yield to pedestrians and crosswalk sign in the middle of the crosswalk that's on a fucking spring-loaded pace. <laughs> the 
looking back, how did the airbags not go off in the truck? Like, yeah, I'm, really? I'm kind of wondering, wondering if the airbags even work now. <laughs> so the speed limit on that road is 35, 35. miles an hour. Unless it's during a, the school day, then it's yeah. 15 because it's the school zone. <laughs> And again, the cop always sits in that fucking lot. So I don't even yeah. think I looked to see if the cop was sitting there. And apparently they weren't. <laughs> or they were laughing. Whoever was with me fell asleep. And I was like, oh, this shit's going to be good. I fucking swerved in the middle of the lane going through the crosswalk and hit that fucking spring-loaded sign. <laughs> and it went... And hit my hitch and went... And I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and it's fucking flopping like it smacked the ground when it came back I'm around. It didn't break. <laughs> we just would have thrown it in the bed and kept going. Oh man! But <clears throat> I think it was Justin. I don't remember who was with me. They fucking wake up and they're like, "What the fuck?" And then they realized where we were, and they look in the mirror. I'm laughing my ass off, and the fucking signs come back and forth in the mirror. Uh, and they realized exactly what happened. It made a really cool noise when it hit the hitch receiver, though. Oh, man. Uh, that was... That might be one of the dumber things I've done in a... Like, looking back... Because I was talking to Taylor yesterday when he was tattooing me. His E46, he had a bunch of shit pulled apart. We didn't have this issue because my car was clapped when we got it. The fucking orange airbag sensors in the e46 he didn't know what it was and he hit it with a fucking wrench and it blew out his airbag in the steering oh, wheel man. and he's like oh fuck at least i'm going to like a a quick release wheel so i won't yeah. need that anymore but looking back telling that story now this is the first time that i'm like man i could have really fucking hurt myself or somebody else yeah. just because the airbags could have went off yeah really now i feel like i'm gonna puke i laughed that hard so what was your first dirt bike because you had said my first, at the very beginning of the podcast <clears throat> that you got into dirt bikes first. So my, what was your very my first My very first bike was a 2006, maybe? I don't remember. 2004, 2006, doesn't matter. It's a KLX 125L. It's probably the slowest bike that you can purchase. I, I honest to God, think my 110 is probably just as fast, if not faster. Because they're the really? same fucking bike. It's just smaller, and it's a couple cc's smaller. I got a 125L instead of a 110 at the time because they didn't make the 110L, which is what I have now that has the clutch. I wanted something with a clutch, and the 110s were too small. I had an opportunity. My dad would have bought me a 110, brand new off the showroom floor at Track and Trail in State College in 2006 when my uncle bought one for my cousin because my uncle did all the research and everything, and he's like, yeah, this is what we're going to buy. I was like, no, I want a four-wheeler because I didn't know any better and I was a dumb little kid. My cousin rode that bike like two or three times and wrecked it and was scared of it. And then I'd go over to my cousin's, we built a track in the field beside his house and like, you could not get me off the thing. <clears throat> I think things probably would have went a little different had I taken my dad up on that offer because I would have gotten on a bike three or four years sooner than I did. 125L, it was fun. It was not a fast bike. Um, I learned the fundamentals of riding a motorcycle, shifting, using a clutch. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a good time. Who's your favorite Avenger? Bro, I don't know. I don't know any of the Avengers. Seriously? I know Thanos. I was excited That's... Is that not an Avenger? All right. Fuck. I'm going to skip this question. 
What's your favorite type of pizza? <laughs> Are we talking like brand or like topping? Topping. Um, I'm on a spinach and feta kick recently. Okay. I, I figured you'd be like a supreme guy for some reason. Are you saying I'm a hype beast like my boy Ted, the clout chaser, that's not actually a clout chaser, bro? Supreme? Like, are they dropping new sweatshirts this week, bro? No, like, all everything. Yeah, I don't like pineapple, or I don't... <laughs> I, I pineapple. like pineapple, excuse me, I don't like mushrooms, and I don't like olives. Okay. So I'll do Supreme, but I always order it without those two so things. Spinach and feta. Spinach and feta is fire. Alright, now a lot of people have been asking me to ask you this. Just kidding, no one talked me at all um <laughs> is pizza actually your favorite food you're kind of locked into it now. it's on it's, your body it's a fucking personality places. yeah i have two te- i realize I now they're like, on the same just arm. a lie or favorite food so it's not pizza Bro, i don't know man i've been i've been on a taco kick recently with that fucking shop that opened by the shop <laughs> tacos Fucking ramen is fire. Not like shitty cheap ramen from the grocery store. That can be fire too, but like <laughs> you gotta doctor it up a lot. I don't know. Yeah, pizza is like the most fucking complete meal that you can have because you get grains, you get dairy, you get vegetables. If you put pineapple on it, you get fruit. <laughs> it's like it's a complete meal. So it is your favorite food. Probably. Okay. Thank you for answering that clearly. <laughs> I do what I can. I'm pretty pissed about the Avenger thing, not gonna lie. Sorry. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the last movie I watched. Okay. To be yeah. honest. Fine. Then we'll talk about books. Have you read any good books lately? I started one last night. It is called Armada. It is by Ernest Klein, who is also the author of Ready Player One. If you have read Ready Player One or seen the movie, if you've seen the movie, read the book. Because there's a Ready Player 2, which is the sequel to Ready Player 1. So I hope there's a sequel movie, because the movie was really freaking good. Well, the part of it that I watched before I fell asleep on this giant beanbag chair at RJ's house. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't really normally read fiction. Okay. But I'm trying to get back into reading, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to read fiction and, like, get myself addicted to reading again. Um, Yeah. I just read the autobiography of Gucci Mane. Okay. Um, that's pretty good. There's one by Logic that's called Supermarket. That's another fiction book. And I don't want to ruin it for you. You should read it. It's probably one of the most well-written books I've ever read. But now I'm, like, super fucking paranoid about my own life and, like, things that are going on. So, like, definitely <laughs> read that and make yourself fucking paranoid because everybody... Needs a fucking grippy sock vacation from time to time. So, what are your current hands-on projects? My current hands-on projects? Yes. I mean, obviously, people know of the, the E36. I'm a little behind on the sketchy cart. There's a fucking sick joke to be made here, but we're just going to... No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're not no. touching that with a fucking 10-foot pole. Why? <laughs> it's not the science thing, is it? Oh, no, 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 no. No, God, no. Okay. Hands-on projects. I have a sketchy cart. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the sketchy cart, there's a YouTube channel called Grind Hard Plumbing Company. They're not actually plumbers. They take 
I actually, did you hear how they got their name? Sorry, side tangent. They literally were tossing around names and someone said, oh, Grindhard would be cool. And then someone randomly said plumbing company and they all thought it sounded good. That's literally how they came up with it. And I respect that. That works. Um, yeah, so Grindhard Plumbing Company, what they like to do is they like to take like children's power wheels vehicles and build tube chassis for them and stick dirt bike or four-wheeler engines in them. Because why not? Because fuck it, that's why. So um, not long after Booker and I got this E36 that we were wrenching on, I went to a graduation party. And my dad gets to the graduation party and he's like, yo... There's a white BMW Power Wheels on somebody's trash like three blocks from here. And my mom was leaving and I was like, yo, you have an SUV. Grab that bitch and stick it in the back of the SUV. And my mom, who's with the shits, was like, I got you, fam. Bet. So she stopped and threw that bitch in the back of the SUV. So naturally, I took a Sawzall and cut the body off of the thing. And um, Danny and I are in the middle of... I say in the middle of, we're like two years into fucking off with this whole project, mainly because I can't hold up my end of the bargain and be consistent with building things. But I'm working on building the engine mount, and all I really have to do yet is the steering, like the steering, the front steering arms build like an extension for the wheel, and I need to build a gas tank mount and a radiator mount. And then we're good. Cool. Then we can start mocking shit to the chassis and get the body put on over top of it. That being said, I'm using a little centrifugal clutch KTM 50cc engine that's not actually a KTM 50cc engine. It's a Chinese clone that I bought on eBay because I bought a dirt bike to rip the engine out of. And then I was like, oh, this is sad. Like some kid could actually use this bike. So I turned around and sold the bike and used the money from the bike to purchase this Chinese clone engine on eBay. Um, the nice thing is I'm going to end up blowing the top end out of it just because I know how hard I am on two stroke things, but they make a big bore kit to turn it from a 60 or from a 50 CC engine to a 65 CC engine. So we'll just need a bigger jet in the carburetor and there we go. Send her home. But the neighbors are going to love it. It has FMF exhaust um by love it i mean they're absolutely going to loathe me and that's fine with me because i don't really live for their approval anyway and that goes back to the the lesson of the day which is what bailey mind your own fucking business there we go very good so current projects awesome what about future hands-on projects here um i was thinking about this today yes because you and I went through a notebook a long time ago. Oh, that if, notebook? Well, there's some... Denton was just made aware of that notebook. Uh, yes. The existence of the notebook, not uh, the contents. Okay. Has anyone ever seen the existence other than us? You, me, Nolan. Uh-huh. Um, and Nolan's with the shits on that. Nolan's like, yeah, this is possible. <laughs> um, My buddy Malcolm, Sean O'Hara, that has the blue... M3. I think he's seen the notebook. I'm trying to figure out which drawer that's in. I should probably have that in the safe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's it's possible. It's 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 doable. I I okay. have I have done the okay. the mathing and the thinking. Okay, so maybe not those items. <clears throat> are there any other hands-on projects that are coming up in the future? Yeah, I don't know what I want to put it in, but I want to get one of those little 
$200 diesel engines from Amazon oh, yeah. and put that in something. Yeah, but I need to finish the sketchy cart before I do that. I don't know. I'm also like trying to not spend money on anything stupid so i'm like trying to finish the sketchy cart and then like drive the neighborhood nuts for a couple weeks and then when it's time for me to lay low again i'll figure out something else to build while that's a fair <laughs> while <point>. the neighbor <laughs> while the block cools down <laughs> all right are you ready to answer it because i think that's my last question being that because you don't know who the avengers are um my last question we'll go back to do you have any regrets in your life so far any regrets in my life so far no regrets honestly it it sounds dumb and i already talked about it on here i never should have sold the brz when i did no like that truck that i bought financially fucked me for like four years and i owned it for a year and a half it didn't fuck me for that long but like i rolled negative equity i i i hate to admit that but that's the fucking fact of the matter that is the truth of the game I rolled negative equity into that fucking Subaru that I bought after the truck just to get the fuck out of the truck. Yeah. Because it was costing so much fucking money. Every time I turned around, it was, oh, it needs $700 of parts here, $1,100 of parts there. And then we thought the head gaskets were starting to go. So we were like, (laughs) bye, buddy, and traded it in. Because fuck it. That's the way we deal with things like that sometimes. I'm not saying it's a great solution, but it was a solution nonetheless. Is that really all your questions? Damn. Well, well, okay, so some of them you answered. So, yeah, more or less 25 questions. Well, damn. Yeah. We were going to play 20 questions like the game, but I didn't think you would be able to guess it. What I was thinking. That's fair. So. All right. Do you have anything else that you would like to add to this? Thank you for th- this. Was a good idea. I oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I I was not nearly as I was scared coming into this, but I'm not. I thought that, that was pretty painless. I don't know. I thought some of the questions. Not that I want to pat myself in the back. I thought some of the questions were good enough that it would make you think and get you to talk about things you're passionate about and give people a good idea of who you are as a person what your aspirations are and kind of your backstory i appreciate that i think you did a pretty good job with that that's and some were just dumb questions and i was like oh this would be kind of funny now i gotta figure out questions for you because we talked about doing this for you too since like we do podcasts all the time and nobody really knows who we actually are you have anything else to add thank you for listening people i hope it was somewhat organized and made some sense because this was a lot of fun to come up with the questions and kind of uh, turn the tables and uh, interview Bailey. It was fun. At Horsepower Pizza on all platforms, at Cold Pizza Podcast on Instagram. If you would like to support, you don't have to, but if you would like to, head over to www.horsepowerandpizza.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.